1: Hi there, and welcome to the Explaining History podcast. Um, The thing I'm going to be talking about today is um, the Ukraine in 1918 and the uh, aftermath of the Treaty of Brest-Litovsk, the peace treaty that the Bolsheviks sign in order to extricate Russia from the First World War. The reason why I'm going to be talking about this is because um, the Ukraine, um, obviously, as we can see now um, in the current crises there, um, is of massive strategic importance to Russia uh, and, at the time, to to Germany as well. Um, But also, uh, if you've uh, had a chance to read um, a brilliant, brilliant book, The Deluge by Adam Tooze, one of the points that he makes is that Um, The Ukraine takes on an added significance following the entry of the United States into the First World War. The reason for this is because um, all the old powers of Europe, Britain, France, Germany, uh, Russia, none could contend with the rising superpower um, that was the the United States and the economic um, and resources, might that it had to um, throw into the the conflict, and uh, the uh, the Ukraine was the most important uh, source of uh, raw materials, particularly foodstuffs, that both the uh, the Germans uh, and the Russians needed to control. Uh, control of the Ukraine could give uh, either side uh, an enormous strategic advantage. In Germany's case, it would enable um, the uh, German army to continue uh, campaigning uh, almost indefinitely. And it would enable the uh, German uh, government to uh, manage to get around the stranglehold of the Royal Naval blockade that was um, slowly choking the life out of the German economy and bringing the country close to starvation so it was really the uh, the answer to um germany's prayers um following the october revolution in 1917 similarly the new bolshevik um government in uh russia uh, after the october revolution looked upon ukraine as the only way that it could conceivably sustain itself A revolution that was met with conditions of starvation right from the get-go was unlikely to succeed. It was Lenin's um, intention to reduce Russia to a state of dependency upon the state and its food resources. But first, one has to actually manage to harness those food resources, um, of which um, the Ukraine was um, a, a key part. Ukraine itself obviously is not part of Russia but part of the Russian Empire and a separate national identity quite different from Russia Um, and following the uh, October Revolution declares itself independent. Parliament, or Rada had been established in Ukraine in April 1917, but it's only following the closure by the Bolsheviks of the democratically elected Russian Constituent Assembly that a Ukrainian national republic is established. Initially, both Lenin and Stalin, as commissar for nationalities, have a very um, lenient policy towards um, the... Uh, nationalities such as Poland, Finland, Ukraine and um, other uh, parts of uh, the Muslim aspects are parts of the uh, the Russian Empire Um, part of the reason for this is the acceptance by Lenin that um, the powers of national separatism are inevitably going to um, rapidly escalate during a period of uh, the breakdown of the Russian Empire, but partly it is a process of making of breaking the Russian Empire itself, the of accelerating its decline. The Germans too are happy to encourage national separatism as they see it as um, a way of uh, undermining the integrity of the Russian Empire there are um, liberal voices within the Reichstag that say we need to uh, essentially create this um liberal democratic federation of eastern uh, central and eastern europe um uh, this middle europa um, allied under Germany, but that requires really Germany having a wartime kind of democratic revolution itself and it's really uh, the deputies of the SPD and um, Christian um, uh, Democrats like Matthias Erzberger and, and um, the really the, 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 the signatories of the armistice and the Treaty of Versailles and later the founding luminaries of the, the Weimar Republic that really make this case. And um, the authoritarian conservative militarists within the Reichstag say, well, hold on just a moment. We have defeated Russia militarily on the battlefield. Russia has come to us cap in hand. And we are within our rights now, firstly, to exact a brutal peace treaty from her and to colonise this large section of uh, Eastern and Central Europe. And we're talking about Poland um, Ukraine and the Baltic states. Not only that, but we don't have to go creating this um, liberal democratic fantasy world that that you're you're talking about. The only problem with that is that in order for this reactionary vision of things to come to pass, and indeed it does, the Germans have to com- have to commit large numbers of troops. If you can create a federation of new, f- relatively free and yet sort of tethered to Germany economically, culturally, and politically um, states in Poland, in uh, Ukraine, and places like that, then you don't have to you don't have to police them. They police themselves. They are um, far happy, They would be far happier um, to have this kind of arrangement and to have the Tsar's Cossacks um, running things. Um, the uh, liberal argument uh, founders within Germany um, by late um, 1917, early 1918. Uh, and it founders because the German um, conservative right managed to carry the argument that um, a democratisation in Germany that would be required really to create this uh, democratic federation of Germanic states. Uh, well, of of states led by Germany within Eastern Europe, um, would be tantamount to a kind of capitulation. It would be to end the power of the Kaiser and the landed elites that had run Germany uh, since 1871. Uh, And that would really be um, almost an acceptance that uh, Wilson's 14 points had triumphed and that an Atlantic liberal democratic model of politics was being imposed on Germany by stealth. Um, The uh, version of events that um, the conservative right foresaw have eerie echoes with um, Hitler's uh, model of Lebensraum. If you look at um, what Hitler was envisaging uh, from Mein Kampf onwards, these weren't sort of new and original ideas, I'm hardly really breaking any historical uh, historical moulds here by suggesting Hitler wasn't particularly an original thinker about anything. Um, these were, um, by even by 1915, 1916, these were quite old concepts. Um, and the German uh, Reichstag, Um, knew for the most part uh, because of German observers at the time um, about how the uh, Turkish um, experiments in ethnic cleansing particularly the Armenian Genocide had panned out um, from 1915 onwards and there were, suffice to say, a few very kind of uh, circumspect and reluctant and um, concerned voices um, that germany shouldn't be engaged in anything like that type of um, type of type of mass killing most of the kind of uh, more uh, racial ethnic cleansing um extreme uh, lebensraum kind of ideas are um the uh, preserve of a small uh, german uh, military elite Um, and really not widespread concepts at all. For his his part, Lenin has a problem when considering the Treaty of Brest-Litovsk. Lenin essentially knows that the Russian army has disintegrated, that there is little chance of holding back the Kaiser and there is every chance that if the um, German army marches again it will occupy Petrograd. Lenin basically says to his fellow Bolsheviks, everything we've read theoretically from Marx and you know, from my own writing, um, that is redundant when it comes to the bitter realities of this war. History is not unfolding as we had predicted. The war has been had too much of a distorting impact and we are going to really struggle to get to the socialist utopia that we'd envisaged. So we're going to have to improvise. And part of that improvise means that instead of following doctrine and dogma uh, rigidly, we're going to have to make compromises, we're going to have to retreat, we're going to have to uh, face unpleasant realities. One of those unpleasant realities is giving the Germans what they want. The um, negotiations um, at brest Litovsk, which are led by um, uh, Trotsky, are a part of a process um, that uh, Lenin and Trotsky have decided on of trying to um, string the talks out for as long as possible. The hope that Lenin had, and it wasn't a, an um, inconceivable hope by the first couple of months of 1918, is that uh, Germany will also collapse in uh, revolution. Um, the workforce in uh, Germany are far more literate, politicised and um, capable of um, organising themselves for revolution than the um, the peasants and workers in Russia. Lenin essentially says that the irony um, that exists is that Germany's got the right economic conditions for a revolution. She's reached the state of advancement where she can make the step towards socialism. Um, but uh, Russia has the political conditions for a revolution. And this is a kind of historical accident, really, that Marx never foresaw happening. Therefore, Germany needs um, to have some of Russia's politics, and Russia needs very badly to get some of Germany's economic um, infrastructure. So the plane for time...
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to blue-nile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at blue-nile.com for $50 off your purchase. blue-nile.com code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom.
1: is a process of hoping that uh, before um, the the awful day comes and uh, lenin has to sign over vast swathes of territory uh, that the germans will um, collapse into into revolution lenin has no um, you know ostensibly no real desire to give the germans what they want and uh, there was Considerable um, talk within um, the um, Sovnarkom, within the Soviet Revolutionary Government, of continuing the fight against the Germans. Trotsky is uh, constantly, uh, in late 1917, early 1918, putting out feeders to the British, putting out feeders to the Americans, saying, "Is there some kind of reproachment we can have here?" One of the decisions by Lenin to cancel all war debts. Um, by um, uh, that are due by Russia to the British and the French makes that one very difficult. But the real reason why the Western allies uh, decide in the end to um, uh, have a military action within Russia to get Russia back into the war isn't so much because of the prospect of a Bolshevik government. They're not as worried about that as they are Um, The prospect of Lenin making a deal with the German government in order to allow the Bolsheviks to survive as a uh, kind of a a a caretaker government of Russia while the Germans economically colonise everything from uh, Poland to the Volga River. That um, is a a terrifying prospect and the the British um, uh, chiefs of the Imperial General Staff uh, look at this uh, as as a very clear likelihood they think that not only could the uh, the command all those resources but they could also press um, a couple of million uh, russians into service or even uh, take them on as you know a willing uh, volunteers i mean after all if the french could deploy uh, hundreds of thousands of senegalese um and algerian troops and the British could rely on a million Indians, what was to stop Germany from uh, accessing the manpower of several million Russians? This would be a perfect way of hurling the Americans back by um, the uh, the midpoint in 1918, when General Pershing's armies are, are starting to really kind of make themselves felt on the Western Front. So it's a... Um, The Allied intervention in Russia is kind of based around these sorts of anxieties. The Bolsheviks themselves have uh, little intention of allowing an independent government in Ukraine to flourish. Uh, They send an ultimatum to the RADA in November 1917, which is is rejected, and then they begin to wage war against the Ukraine. The RADA attends um, the Treaty of the uh, discussions at Brest Litovsk, in order to try to um, gain a as good a deal for Ukraine separately as they can do. Um, The uh, belief of the uh, Ukrainian delegates was that there could be some kind of accommodation made by playing off both Germany and Russia against one another. Ukraine, very much like Poland, has lived within the kind of the vice of these two powers that have determined its fate um, for um, many centuries. And this has been, um, it was a a strategic gamble on the part of the Ukrainians to see what they could get from the uh, Treaty of Brest-Litovsk. With the failure in Germany to create a um, federation of um, allied or satellite states within uh, the uh, east. The only option for the Germans is to militarily occupy um, Ukraine. And this immediately runs into trouble. Um, the Germans, uh, instead of respecting the uh, found democratic um, institutions of Ukraine, uh, employ a, a hetman, a leader, General Pavlo Skoropansky. Skorapelsky promptly establishes himself as the dictator of the Ukraine and dissolves the Rada and begins to rule by decree. Um, The Germans find that uh, the the economic gains of ruling the um, uh, Ukraine in this way are fairly limited because of the huge amount of manpower that needs to be employed in order to extract resources uh, from the Ukraine. And take it to the the Western Front. These are resources that Ludendorff, uh, in the spring of 1918, is very uh, disinclined uh, disinclined to um, sacrifice. He has, of course, uh, launched um, his last offensive of the war, the spring offensive of 1918, Um, which requires an enormous amount of manpower and um, squanders vast amounts of manpower very, very quickly um, after the beginning of the campaign. And um, Ludendorff uh, realises that uh, the Ukraine is going to be, in the long term, possibly the the breadbasket of a new German empire, but in the short term it's an immense burden. It's an immense um, problem, in a way, um, in all, in his uh, plans to deliver a, a knockout blow to the Western Allies. All the Western Allies have to do, the Americans, the British and the French, is hang on long enough for the offensive in the West to run out of steam. Um, and the um, burden of Ukraine uh, makes it more likely that that will run out of steam sooner rather than later. The Germans and their Austrian allies are, of course, immensely unpopular within Ukraine. And as the uh, war uh, in its final months clearly appears to be slipping out of the grasp of um, the generals, Ludendorff and Hindenburg in, in Germany, who had really been um, driving home the initiative uh, in terms of military action for most of that year, as the it becomes clear that really the, the war is lost... Skoropadsky decides that he's going to break his ties with the Germans um, in order to save his regime and not to be swept away by tides of popular unrest. Skoropadsky himself um, fled for Europe, first Switzerland and then Germany in December 1918. When the Germans withdrew, um, he his act in a way, uh, his attempts to convince his population that he had cut his ties with the Germans uh, really didn't cut much um, with the uh, the population at large and um, he was mindful of the fates of uh, the Romanov family um, at the hands of the, the Bolsheviks suspecting that indeed um, there may be uh, a repetition of, of this kind of uh, decapitation process The breakup of the Austro-Hungarian Empire at the end of the war um, provided further complications um, and further opportunities for the newly independent Ukraine um, territories such as Galicia and Bukovina um, and Western Carpathia um, all uh, wind up um, becoming uh, part of what is known as the Western Ukraine. It's probably mostly within the uh, borders of Poland now. And the Western Ukraine and Ukraine, the Ukrainian National Republic uh, are uh, officially joined together in Kiev in 1919. And you can imagine, really, the, the problems that the uh, peacemakers at the Paris Peace Conference uh, were facing um, in trying, firstly, to make sense of what on earth was happening inside the Russian Empire. Various emissaries are sent uh, by uh, President Wilson uh, in order to um, contact the Bolsheviks and to uh, get a, a, a sense of changes in the, uh, within the empire. And also, um, in draw, trying to redraw the map of Eastern Europe, this constant um, collapse and um, reconstitution and evolution and change of national boundaries um, must have made the processes of um, making new states incredibly difficult. The problem that the new uh, Ukrainian state has is obviously the Bolsheviks and they uh, get ready to fight for their independence, which is the Poles uh, do in uh, 1920. In 1919, uh, a Polish army invades the Ukraine, uh, particularly with, with their eye on Western Ukraine, and are forced back by the Red Army who crossed through Ukrainian territory and really reconquered Ukraine by 1920. At the same time, the White Armies are fighting uh, part of the civil war in the Ukraine um, and looking upon it it, it as, again, a great place for uh, launching their initiatives against the uh, red um, centre of um, the new Bolshevik Russia. So, an immensely unsettled um, and immensely violent part of, of Russia, of the Russian Empire. Um, from uh, nineteen eighteen onwards in nineteen twenty the Poles and the Ukrainians bury the hatchet and sign the Treaty of Warsaw, an attempt to drive the uh, new Soviet Red Army out of the uh, Ukrainian National Republic. but they're defeated by the Bolsheviks, and the Ukrainian national government, uh, along with its army, is forced into exile in Poland. Uh, for the rest of the interwar period. Um, and it's this, this association between the Ukraine and Poland, um, and the Ukraine always seen as a kind of a backdoor for the Poles to make it uh, into uh, Russia somehow or to occupy this vast strategic resource that Russia annexes, that always inspires immense suspicion uh, in Stalin during the interwar period of both the Ukraines and the Poles. And if you um, examine how both ethnic groups are treated, um, you have the Ukrainian famine um, of the early 1930s, and then during the Great Terror, um, the uh, biggest single ethnic um, mass murder throughout the whole thing is referred to as the Polish operation. The Poles were many, many times more likely to be uh, victims of terror than ethnic russians within the russian empire that's a, a story for another time okay so i would recommend that you get adam tuse's the deluge i'll put a link um, under here i purchased this from mr b's um bookstore in bath it's an extraordinary place um, i recommend you go it was kind of pretty much like a pilgrimage for me and other uh... book geeks i think will probably say roughly the same thing it's a magnificent magnificent place um real real gem and the kind of place that we've really got to work hard to um kind of preserve because we will miss places like mr B's when it's gone so get yourself down there and um you will not be disappointed that i promise Um, amazing guys that work there and they really know their stuff Anyway, thanks very much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast.
0: Planning for your next trip?